everywhere for you. Hyrule is under attack. What are you doing? Well, excuse me, princess. I've been listening to Virtual Theater's episodes all about The Legend of Zelda cartoon. They're both hilarious and insightful. Okay, Link, I guess you're off the hook. I've heard that Virtual Theater is a podcast that only covers video game leads. Why haven't I seen this episode released yet? Because this is a Patreon-exclusive set of 13 episodes. This is only being released to patrons, along with other great bonus content. Well, don't just dilly-dally, Link. I know of all the great episodes available for free over at soundcloud.com forward slash virtual theater. But tell me where I can sign up to get these bonus episodes. Over at patreon.com forward slash virtual theater, of course. You know, princess, I think all this info deserves a kiss. Not a chance, Link. I gotta go get those Legend of Zelda cartoon exclusive episodes. I'll see you later. Well, excuse me. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by the one and only, the queen of uh, the Wind Waker HD and sne- soon-to-be Skyward Sword HD, Allison Aletha. Al, how you doing? Oh no, you say that after I had a terrible, terrible practice run yesterday on Wind Waker. <laughs> um, I'm doing good. I'm getting ready for the marathon. I'm practicing all my speed runs and... Yesterday wasn't so great, but overall it's going well, and I'm trying to, like, get all my speedrunning practice done before Skyward Sword HD comes out, because that's what I want to focus on next weekend, so here's hoping. Well, How are you doing? I am, I'm doing good. A little bit melancholy, to be honest with you. By the time that you guys will be listening to this, we will be uh, 12 days away from the Zelda Dungeon Marathon, and, uh, you know, ju- just with everything going on um with travel between countries uh, of course i'm i'm in canada and uh everyone else is in america uh i'm grounded for this year's marathon unfortunately so i'm i'm super excited for everybody but i do wish that i could be there for myself but 2022 baby 2022 2022 is the big andy spateri comeback yeah that's right so uh, yeah the uh, the marathon 12 days away it, it is going to be here uh, before before you know it, man, it's it's coming up so soon, uh, and I'm really excited for everybody to like get back together and you know th- it's kind of like one of the one of the first it's like a thing that kind of signifies that like maybe things are returning to some semblance of normalcy, which you know is very much mm-hmm. needed and liked and appreciated. So yeah, and of course it's for a great cause. So that is going to be going on very soon and. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be cheering you guys on from the sides here, Al. That I'm like I'm like super bummed that I don't get to see you this year, but I'm super excited for what that means for next year and the years following because, you know, I feel like every year it's getting bigger and bigger. So 
next year maybe we're just gonna go super big and then you get to be there and it's gonna be awesome i keep on i keep on telling moss who uh who i will see this year which is nice uh he's coming up to calgary later but keep telling him man like we got to do the the zelda dungeon winter olympics up in calgary get get you guys up here in like january and see you know introduce you to a real winter not your fake winters down in the states yeah for sure i don't know if you guys can handle that yeah uh well we've (laughs) got a uh we've got a good show for you guys today we are going to just be um going over a list of uh, different daily debates that our writing team had in the um in the fallout of e3 in the new breath of the wild trailer uh there's some skyward sword hd questions in here um and of course uh you know the thing that i guess that we should start off with is the announcement of the new Nintendo Switch OLED, and um, this met this was met with uh, I, I don't want to say like a big backlash because I don't know that I saw a huge backlash, Al. But like it, it wasn't it wasn't exactly received with like fanfare. Let's just say it, it was more along yeah. the lines of like when the Nintendo Switch Lite was introduced. Um, and this is kind of the opposite of that. This is a a Nintendo Switch that has a bigger OLED screen. I believe it is uh, seven inches across. Is that is that correct? Um. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the exact specifics of the measurement, but it definitely it's it's like if you look at your switch now, there's kind of like this big uh, black border around it, but now there isn't that border basically. Right. So I I was stalling for time when I asked that to, until I found the actual <laughs> article, but I found it here. So yeah, we've got we've got the seven inch OLED screen. Um, we got a six point two inch LCD display. Uh, it runs smoothly at uh, 720p resolution in handheld mode, and it has a um, a much better kickstand that you can actually uh, use, because uh, I think that the one on the Switch now is basically unusable, so lots of cool features about this, but, you know, the the overall consensus is like, this is, this is really for people that don't already own a Switch, and if you play your Switch docked, this really isn't doing anything for you, because this is... Um, really an upgrade for handheld and that's pretty much it like there's no 4k there's no bluetooth there's no there's none of the stuff that the countless like rumor mongers and the clickbait people would have you believe that was going to be included in the quote-unquote switch pro so oled is is coming out it's launching with metroid dread on october the 8th and uh i I don't know i you know for me personally i was just like this isn't for me, and that's okay. I, I have a Switch, and if, if I didn't have a Switch, I would get this one, of course. But it, there's not enough there for me to want to upgrade, I don't think. Um, and, and that's okay. But, you know, a lot of people were disappointed that this wasn't the the Switch Pro that we had been... I don't want to say we had been promised, but we had been led to believe was going to be a thing. And I believe now, more than ever, more than ever, that what people were reporting was the Switch Pro is just, like, the next Switch. It, it's, it's like, the next console, you know? Like, if the, if the Switch is the NES, we're hearing rumors about the SNES. You know what I'm saying? I believe that now more than ever. Allison, what did you think about the OLED? Um, you know, I actually was pretty excited about it. I, um... I'm always really, I always try to be really positive when Nintendo announces something because I feel like there's always, there's always complaints, there's always whining, and there's always a lot of negative opinions about some stuff. So, like, Skyward Sword HD came out with a bunch of negative opinions from people, 
yada yada same it's the same story so i was trying to be really positive obviously i don't need it i have a switch and i'm perfectly happy with how mine is working but um like you said if somebody doesn't have a switch which i know plenty of people that don't and want one and haven't been able to get one yet um this is a very good option for them to like step into the switch uh y you know like the switch family now that they ha there's a couple consoles for the switch so i'm pretty excited for that i think it looks very nice and sleek it's got like white joy con um controllers which i think is pretty cool because i've never been a fan of all the neon different ridiculous colors that the joy con are what hold on hold on what kind of what joy cons do you have right now because i have red and blue I have gray, and I, I actually covered them with a decal sticker so that they would be the um, Animal Crossing colors because you can't buy those by themselves. You have to buy the Animal Crossing Switch. Uh. So, and here's my thing about that is that you can't ever find the colors that you want. So I wanted both neon blue, but I can't find, um, I think it's the left Joy-Con. I can't find the left neon blue to save my life. They're all out of stock, or they're... Uh, bought by scalpers and ridiculously priced on eBay. Um, so I I appreciate, I like the white, and I, I just think, I have a thing for, like, the white uh, decorative aesthetic. Like, my I've decorated my whole bathroom in white, so I kind of like the way that this uh, OLED looks. Um, and the features are definitely good for, you know, if somebody's Switch has decided to that they're done with them and it's broken or whatever, you can go get this one now, and it's great. Um, I know some people are kind of disappointed that Nintendo didn't say anything about the drift on the Joy-Con. Mm, um, yeah. but, but to be honest, if those Joy-Con can work with the Switch, I don't think the drift was their priority. You know what I mean? Like, maybe in future gen of Joy-Con, they've been working on it. And I know they have had, uh, like, updates recently for the Joy-Con. So hopefully that's something they're working on in the background. But I don't think that they were like, let's make this new yeah. OLED and fix the drift. You know what I mean? Which is too bad, because, I mean, that's been an issue for, since day one. Right, but. right. I think it's just something that they're working on in the background. Um, and then as far as the, the Switch Pro goes, I think this is what everybody was talking about with the Switch Pro. Um, but like you said, with um, with uh, the Zonai thing where everybody's theorizing and talking about it, so you kind of think that this is the product we're going to get, and it's it turned out not to be, right. you know? Um, I think that it was just the Switch Pro was overhyped, over-talked about. So when the OLED came out, and that was probably what was happening in the background Nintendo was doing, and we were just interpreting it as this great new Switch Pro thing, I just think this was it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. They could still be in the works of the next console. You know what I mean? Well, and uh, uh, Here's the thing. like I, I'm sure that so the Nintendo Switch launched March 3rd, 2017 right mm -hmm. i'm sure that on march 4th 2017 nintendo started working on their next console and they were drafting mm -hmm. ideas and they were getting hardware and they were you know what i mean like yeah it, it it never stops and um they're always looking to what's next so like i i really don't think it's that surprising to hear like nintendo's ordering all these screens or they're ordering all these processor chips or they're ordering whatever right like all the flippity flop bits and stuff like that of course they are, yeah. because they're always going to be working on the next thing. That's that's just the way business works. That's the way that this industry works. It's it, it it's not that surprising to me. Then, and it's not like I don't know. I, I feel like it's not really news. Like, yeah, they're probably working on something to succeed the switch. But 
I don't know. I, I feel like all the, the rumor pushers and, and clickbait journalists and stuff like that, and, and I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them were just like, oh, this is the Switch Pro and this is what it's going to be. And they and they raised the expectations to somewhat of an, you know, an untenable level to, to something yeah. that Nintendo... Yeah. So... Yep, that's kind of where I'm sitting. I think this is a this is the thing that we were expecting or quote unquote expecting. It's just not what we expected. I'll tell you one thing. When I sense. first saw it, that I actually just sense. thought that it was a Metroid Dread themed Switch because the colors were well, the colors are the colors yeah, you, of, you of it Emmy, was new colors. the robot from the Metroid Dread trailer, and it launches on the same day as Metroid Dread. So I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Never seen a Metroid console before. This is this is this is awesome. Yeah. But it, there was a little bit more to it than that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. Hopefully, if you guys don't have a Switch out there, you know, you, this is something that you can get your hands on. And I hope, I really, really hope that Nintendo has, like, a good amount of stock for these. Uh. Because I remember when the Switch first came out, I don't think the, you know, I don't think the buy rate for the OLED is going to be anywhere near where the Switch was when it first came out. But... It was hard to get your hands on one at first, so I'm hoping right. that All right, well, wants one will be Let's talk about some Zelda. We've talked about uh, the Nintendo Switch OLED. I'm sure that we'll be talking about it more in the future, or maybe we won't. I don't know. It's, it's not really that substantial of an upgrade, so maybe there is no more reason to talk about it. But let's definitely talk about something that we're going to be talking about a lot over the next coming weeks, months, and years, Breath of the Wild 2. We asked, uh, we asked our readers, as we always do, to come up with daily debate questions to engage our audience, and we're just going to rip them off to engage our own audience, and I love doing this because that means that they've done all the work for us here, so let's, uh, let's rock and roll and let's get to uh, some of these questions. Are you ready, Al? All right, this one is a doozy. I'm ready, let's um, do it. One month later, what are your thoughts on the new Breath of the Wild 2 trailer? So, obviously... We've had some time to come down from the high, some time to process everything. Um, what what are your what are your thoughts now that we've had some room to breathe? Um, I feel I feel like I've definitely come down from the excitement and the hype uh, that was E three and being able to see those first few seconds of the Breath of the Wild two trailer and know that we were finally talking about Breath of the Wild two after two years, um, and it was kind of funny. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were just like, "I waited for so long for news that I was so out of hype. Like I just didn't care," and and they were like, "They just waited too long or announced too early." And I was like, "You gotta be. You gotta give them a break. I'm pretty sure they had like a good timely plan." for when they would announce all this stuff. It's just that COVID happened and got in the way. So you got to give them a break there. It's not necessarily their fault. But um, I will say that uh, I have watched the first Breath of the Wild 2 trailer a heck of a ton more than I did uh, this new Breath of the Wild 2 trailer because it was a lot more exciting back then. It felt like it had a lot more um, like story and stuff that you could pick apart and um try and guess what was going on because it was so brand new so for this one i haven't spent that much time like trying to pick apart every little second it was more like it felt more like okay this is something they're still working on it was like a minor update to kind of give the fans to hold them over until they had more substantial you know um 
visuals and maybe even game mechanics and the the idea of the game as a whole uh, to give to us here in the coming months uh, over the next year is what they said they would that was their plan so I feel like it was something to hold us over I'm still excited about it I still like all the stuff that I saw but it was definitely more like um, it was more like they gave us a really bomb appetizer two years ago and then they kind of gave us this tiny little snack to hold us over until they give us yeah right I, I think so. I think that's pretty much what I feel like I, I've used the analogy like they gave us uh, an appetizer and I was ready to eat and I still feel that way the the initial like mm. trailer was so cool it was so mysterious it was so unexpected that you know I like I and everyone else was really hyped and then you know I don't blame them for um, for not showing it for all that time because I when when we first saw the trailer at E3 2019 I was like I don't think there's any chance we see this game until E3 2020 and then of course the world happened and E3 2020 did mm-hmm. not take place and there were no Nintendo directs because who knew when games would actually be released but I was ready with E3 2021 mm-hmm. to like I was ready to feast you know like. I wanted a subtitle. I wanted a, a story trailer. I wanted to know what the general hook of the game was. And I was hoping that we could even get a release date. And obviously we got none of those. You could argue maybe we got a little bit of the hook with Hyrule in the Sky. But I don't know. I think that what we did get was, uh, you know, it was good. I'm not going to complain about it. But I I was ready to feast, man. And, and we did not feast. We got like... We got like some crackers and like a sip of water, and I was ready for uh, I was ready for a steak, and that was not a steak. <laughs> it was uh, my tummy's still grumbling. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, and I mean I get it. I really do. Like, I understand that they gave us something super cool two years ago, and then, like I said, they just needed to give us a tiny bit to hold us over because up until this point, there's only been like two times where. They popped up and said, look, we don't have news on Breath of the Wild 2 at this time. It's coming, though. And I think it's still coming. You know what I mean? Like, I think they just wanted to give us something so that nobody yeah. would be extremely PO'd over the coming months before they... Because you, you have to think about the fact that we're still getting Skyward Sword HD. We were still getting the, the first DLC for Age of Clan. We were still getting the second one. I think they're just kind of, like, biding their time with these releases of this uh, Zelda content until they're like, okay, we're ready. Yeah. We're ready to um, get the it's, it's. I hope that it's coming soon because, like, I, I'm getting to the point where, like, I need to know. I, can't, I cannot keep calling this game Breath of the Wild 2. It bothers me that we don't have the subtitle. And actually, I, I wonder... I wonder if the reason that they delayed the subtitle, I know that they said it was because it was important to the plot, but actually I think what's maybe more likely given the, the nature of what we saw in that trailer and link in the skies and stuff. I I wonder if this just doesn't have the word sky in the subtitle and they did not want to confuse people with skyward sword HD and whatever this game ends up being. I think that could be a possibility. Mm -hmm. Sky of the wild. I don't know. Maybe. That's not, that's not the worst. It's better than what Sky people kept on saying, like, oh, Death of the Wild or whatever. You know, I don't think Wild is out in the subtitle at all. I don't think. Like, just because it's a direct sequel doesn't mean all right, all right. it has to have... Um, well, let's get to another question here. Um, did the new teaser trailer 
hint at real dungeons in Breath of the Wild 2. So this is by one of our writers, Shaquille, and I believe what she is referring to is the scene with the um, with the Zonai dragon flamethrower, basically, where it looks like Link is, is fighting what potentially could be a mini-boss, or maybe it's just a, a regular enemy. But it, it did kind of look like a dungeon-esque area. You know, I, I think to answer the question as straightforwardly as possible, I do not think that this trailer really hinted that you know, re, quote unquote, real dungeons are coming back. I think that we, as fans, we all want them to come back, and we're looking for a way and any kind of shred of evidence to you know make that a reality. But I think that that particular scene, you know, you'd really kind of have to to twist and bend it to fit our narrative of like what we want for these quote unquote real dungeons to come back. So I I don't think that this trailer hinted at that, but I also don't think that that means that they're not going to come back and that there's not going to be more expansive and fleshed out dungeons. Uh, I think that that was a fairly consistent criticism with Breath of the Wild, and I would assume that Nintendo has realized that or taken that to heed. So um, the straight-up answer is no, but I, I wouldn't say no in general to you know real dungeons coming back. Uh, yeah, I would agree that I don't think the new teaser trailer really hinted at, uh, at the dungeons returning. Um, but I mean, that scene, it does look kind of like, it does look kind of like things that we right. remember, or at least similar to things that we remember. As far as dungeons go, you're like in this big dark room, and you're fighting this big dark thing that's coming out of the wall. This like weird worm thing. And so it does feel like you're kind of in a boss room fighting a boss, maybe. Um, so I understand if people think that way. I don't really think that, uh, it still seems too small scale for me to look like a big, you know, dungeon room or something like that. But, um, I think that it's definitely something that is coming back, uh, as far, like, close to traditional dungeons. I think we're gonna get a lot more puzzles, um, to solve these areas. I mean, you could just, you could totally think that there's some stuff underground. There could be an underground temple slash dungeon or there could be one in the sky you know i think it's very possible because i can't i don't know i can't uh i can't imagine like them returning to something similar like the divine beasts i feel like yeah. we beat that horse in breath of the wild so i i can't see that being a focus or a dungeon like atmosphere in the second game so they have to come up with either something very new or just kind of blend the two and go back to you know some of their roots and i'm totally down for that i would really like to see more traditional bosses come back like the big monsters or mechanical beings or whatever not just a blight of ganon you fight ganon like five times in that game so <laughs> you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah i mean like i i think that everything in breath of the wild like everything was really good but you know, you, you really did, like, you did four Divine... You, you did five Divine Beasts mm -hmm. if you did the DLC that were all somewhat similar. Certainly similar in, in theme. And then you did four Blight Ganons, which were, again, somewhat similar in... Not theme, but, like, they, they were yeah. they were similar enough. Um, so I, I just, like, I can't see them going that, that route. But I, I wouldn't say that this trailer really gave us any, uh, you know big hope for returning to traditional dungeons. So, 
Yeah, that's it, it, you know, and and we'll see. This is what I mean when I say like, you know, I want to stake. Like, I I want to know some things about this game uh, that we did not get in this trailer. But yeah, I I just don't know how. I'm not sure how you would get back to Divine Beasts unless you were like going all the way back in time, like we kind of theorized a couple weeks ago. Maybe you're I don't know taming them ten thousand years ago or something. But I I I'm hoping that we get. You know, a return to something a little bit more tradition, something a little bit more unique yeah. and themed. So, um, there you go. Let's keep on going here. Would you be disappointed if Zelda needed rescuing again in Breath of the Wild? I I think so. I think so. Um, but there there's a very like there's a distinct way that you can do Zelda not being around you. Like I I think Skyward Sword does this actually very well. Where like Zelda is initially um, she's initially like kidnapped or whatever. She falls from the sky, but then she kind of actually embarks on her own journey parallel to the journey that Link is going on. So I could, I could maybe see something similar happening in Breath of the Wild 2, or that would be my hope anyways, because like in the last game, Zelda mm-hmm. spent a hundred years doing like whatever it was she was doing with Calamity Ganon, which uh, who knows what that was, but I think if she was captured you know, I mean, that would be that would be a little bit disappointing. That would be a little bit just like kind of been there, done that. Um, I I think that the the more intriguing option to me would be like Zelda is doing her own thing while Link is doing his own thing, and the adventure can focus on Link, and that's fine. But at least we know that Zelda is like I don't know, being productive somewhere or doing something, and and not just like captured by whoever it is that happens to capture her. And that kind of opens up interesting um, DLC possibilities too, where like if they ever wanted to, they could release, you know, DLC or maybe just look, God, a whole new game about what Zelda was doing. Al, I know that you've said that you really wanted to see Zelda's quest in Skyward Sword before. So yeah, I I think that um, if Zelda needs rescuing, like, yeah, it's not the worst, but maybe it's like, it's not as uh, interesting as it once was. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I want to be fair. Like, Zelda in Breath of the Wild, it, she wasn't, like, it wasn't, I didn't feel like it was the same as past Zelda games where she's just taken by Ganondorf and you got to go save her. It's, she, she was doing what she needed to do in order for Link to be revived and come back and do his job to save Hyrule. You know what I mean? And it was similar to what Zelda and Skyward Sword did because she did go on her own adventure, but basically she needed to awaken her own powers in Skyward Sword so that she could go back in time and seal off Demise for all that time that Link could get ready and kill Demise. So it was kind of the same situation. And it so I think that makes it a little bit more interesting and a, a little bit better way to explain why Zelda isn't very present for the whole game then you know she's just captured and she's stuck in a crystal somewhere yeah. you know what i mean so i i actually appreciate that but um as far as rest of the wild 2 goes i kind of i know i want to say uh several months ago several episodes ago we had some questions about whether we would like to see chic return and i feel like this could be a good opportunity for there to be a breath of the wild version of chic because she falls down in a hole and we don't know what like what's going to happen to her. We don't know if she's able to get back up and walk back out, you know, 5 minutes later and she's fine. Um or we can assume that, you know, something did happen to her, she was captured, whatever. But I kind of like the idea that maybe uh she fell into this hole, Ganondorf is revived, 
so she's got to go into hiding and so she becomes chic again um or like this for game's version of chic and that way she can do stuff in the background while still being in hiding so i feel like this would be a really cool opportunity for a return of chic uh yeah i i'm not as high on the return of chic as you but i how, how about i i throw you this or i raise you this scenario instead so zelda falls down this hole or whatever and maybe maybe let's just say like she is trapped in some kind of i don't know call it an alternate dimension or something like that but maybe we can pull a spirit tracks and have zelda as your like quote-unquote companion instead so that she is still being productive and you're still helping her along the adventure um while trying to i guess rescue her physical form if that makes sense i think if it was laid out in that scenario where like zelda is still contributing to the plot and contributing to the adventure even if it's just through giving link advice i think that that would also be fine i'd be fine with that as well but yeah i, I think if she just like gets captured and like tied up and taken to ganondorf's tower that that's kind of lame yeah i don't know but i know that somewhere in the story this is like i'm convinced somewhere in the story link is gonna think that zelda's like gone oh like my goodness dead. that's what i think based on the music okay solely on the music i just you can't put a really sad rendition of zelda's lullaby at the end of a trailer and not tell me that she's gonna people are gonna think she's dead somewhere that doesn't mean she is but it's a possibility well i i don't know about that but i guess anything's possible as my father used to always tell me let's uh, let's keep going here i love this mm -hmm. question because this ties into a theory that we were uh, bandying about a few weeks ago here. Are we seeing Link or someone else in the trailer for Breath of the Wild 2? So, the premise, the underlying context of this question is, are we seeing Link as we know him from Breath of the Wild, or are we seeing the hero from 10,000 years prior? And we, we kind of like this theory, and I feel like I've seen this theory pick up a little bit of steam it, it kind of makes sense because of the similarities in appearance from you know who we see depicted in the mural to link's physical appearance in the uh, the trailer here he's got the longer hair he's got kind of the he doesn't have their traditional um champion's tunic on i kind of like that theory I, I think it would add like a nice little twist and, and might explain the skies a little bit um and why hyrule maybe looks a little bit differently but uh you know i i think that uh I think it's certainly possible. I mean, obviously, we don't have concrete evidence of anything whatsoever, so all we can do is just guess. But I, I think that uh, as far as, like, baselessly guessing goes, this one has some merits behind it. And I feel like, you know, as we discussed a couple weeks ago, th th you know, there there might be some some fire where there's smoke to this theory. So I, I like this, um, and I wouldn't be entirely shocked if we were playing as, let's just call him the hero from 10,000 years ago. Um, I'm pretty sure we're seeing Link in this, in this trailer, uh, just because of his arm. Like, you can tell that his arm is all jacked up and you know that something happens to his arm. So, I'm pretty sure that that's who we're seeing. But, like you said, I do like the theory that there's time travel and maybe you become, you literally are the prophesied hero from 10,000 years ago. And your actions are what drive, you know, the 10,000 years to the what, uh, our link actually knows the story that he knows but he's the one who created it ten thousand years ago so that's kind of where i sit on that whole theory 
because I really like that paradox where you like are the one creating the stuff that happens in the future. So that's kind of where I sit with that. And I, I'd love to see that come to fruition. But at the same time, I, I can tell just by what the different, um, you know, the different Nintendo execs and producers and all that kind of stuff have been hinting that this is going to be a pretty solid story and that it's going to be something we're definitely going to look mm-hmm. forward to. So we'll see. Um, let's jump over to Skyward Sword for a second here and get some of that in uh, in our discussion here. All right. This one was from Heather, one of our uh, senior editors. She asks, is Skyward Sword the most divisive Zelda game? Yeah. I, I think it's no question. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything, yeah. you know, that really comes close. In in the really, really hardcore Zelda circles, I think that you'll see people bring up Breath of the Wild, and there are some sections of the fandom that don't like how it kind of deviates from the Zelda that we all know and love. But, I mean, by and large, I think everybody really loves Breath of the Wild. Um, and even the people that don't like it, they like the game, they just don't like it as a Zelda game. You know what I mean? I think that another game that comes up a lot, at least in the hardcore Zelda circles, is Twilight Princess, which you've heard me forever on this show calling it ugly. And uh, by the way, I just listened to a clip from a year ago of me describing the opening of Twilight Princess, and I think I said the word miserable about 30 times, and nothing (laughs) has changed. That is a miserable experience. But I think, by and large, people really love Twilight Princess as well. So, I don't know that... Maybe, Allison, maybe you could throw Wind Waker in there. Especially at the time of its release. I think as time has went on, people just generally love that game. But, like, the graphical style when it was released was certainly contentious. So, maybe you could say that as well? I don't know, man. Other than that, like, it's it's... Very clearly and very obviously, Skyward Sword. Everything from the controls to the art style to like the the Zelda formula back when this game came out, because you could probably argue that the formula was a little bit stale um, at that time. Even though Skyward Sword was like kind of the perfection of this formula, um, yeah, I, I don't think that there is anything else that could really take that crown. Um, it's always kind of fun when we answer a question like similar to this, uh, because I definitely, uh, think that it is the most divisive, uh, Zelda game out there. I mean, I understand what you're saying about Wind Waker, but, uh, like, like you said over time, you know, it's been like 20 years now that it's been out and the HD release came out, you know, people have gotten over it. Like they've gotten over their initial feelings about it. I, I, I feel at least, I, I mean, I was one of mm-hmm. those people. So, and I've gotten over, it. it's one of my favorite games now. So, um, I think that that game's lost if it's divi- uh, divisiveness over the last few years, twilight princess. I feel like it has a lot more love than hate. So I don't think so, so much in that area. And you know, Sky- uh, breath of the wild, you either really love that game or you're kind of like, you know, uh, indifferent about it. I always get super shocked when I hear somebody say, I hate Breath of the Wild. Like, I just hate it. It's stupid. Like, it's just a dumb game. There's no music. Yada, yada. And I'm always less like, have you played it? Like, <laughs> have you actually sat down and played through the whole game? Because it's actually I, I've really never great. heard someone say that they you know? hate Breath of the Wild. The only context I've ever oh, heard I've... is that, like, I don't like it as a Zelda game. Nope, I've I've had a couple people tell me they hate it. In fact, when the Breath of the Wild 2 trailers 
were coming out, those same people were just super PO'd. They were just like, I can't believe they're making a sequel to this garbage wow, game. Wow, get a life. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel super shocked. Like, I understand. If you're indifferent to it and it's not your cup of tea, great. But, like, if you hate, that's just, that's a strong word, in my opinion. Anywho, you totally get, like, a, a really hardcore split with Skyward Sword. I, I don't think I've seen any other game, Zelda game like this where people have such hard feelings about it where there are the people who like they gritted their teeth and went through the the controls and they love this game like it's their favorite and it's amazing to them and then there's just people who couldn't get over the controls didn't like the linearness of the game didn't like uh all these things that we are getting quality of life changes for now but i feel like it's kind of gonna have the same effect as that wind waker had where maybe the hd is going to come out and 10 years from now when the game's 20 years old, it's not going to be have such a hardcore split anymore as like Wind Waker did back when it first came out. So I'm kind of hoping that's what happens. I think that a lot more people will jump on board uh, the Skyward Sword train, and I'm looking forward to that. So Yep. Um, I'm really I'm, – I'm looking forward to the second life of Skyward Sword. I, I, I'm really hoping yeah. that this uh, – even though even though it doesn't look like there is a ton of changes beyond you know the controls obviously and, and some minor quality of life improvements i really hope that people give this a chance and you know see see what you and i have been talking about for forever um so yeah all right let's let's actually let's jump to a question about the 35th anniversary in general because i don't know i i feel like we haven't really talked about this that much because there hasn't been much to talk about but Mike Midwood asks, how has Nintendo right. handled Zelda's 35th anniversary thus far? I have some thoughts, uh, but you go ahead, Al. Oh, uh, <laughs> I feel like it hasn't been handled at all. <laughs> I uh, I don't think we've had any anything related to Zelda's 35th anniversary whatsoever. And, you know, maybe Zelda's 35th anniversary isn't going to be the big one to celebrate, like Mario, Mario 35th. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I feel like I haven't heard anything about it. Um, I know that we are getting Skyward Sword HD, but that wasn't because of Zelda 35th anniversary. I just think it's because it's the game is 10 years old. It's something they thought they could accomplish and is perfect for the Switch, which I agree with. So that was just kind of like this other project it didn't have anything to do with 35th um and you know i was expecting something to happen in the uh, earlier this year probably in march after all the hype about mario mm -hmm. 35th died down but i didn't see anything and so now i'm kind of convinced that maybe they're just saving it for 40 or so on yeah um so my my thought was this and i i saw somebody on twitter say this like a month ago and i was i I can't remember who it was, but I was like, yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts exactly. So think think of your birthday, Al. What are your like big milestone birthdays? I feel like when you turn 10, that's a big birthday. <laughs> Maybe when you turn yeah. 16 or 18, but that doesn't really apply to video games. But like 20 is a big one. 25 is a big one. 30 is a big one. 40 and like 50. Like those are pretty big anniversaries. Um, and even less so 40, mm -hmm. but like definitely... I think 30 and definitely 50. So 35 isn't really like a big year that I would normally think anyone would make a big deal of. So I think in a bubble, if this had happened and we didn't get anything for Zelda's 35th anniversary, I'd just be like, 
okay, well, it's okay. It's because it's like, it's like celebrating my, like, I, I turn, uh, I turned 33 last year. I'm like, it's my 33rd birthday. Who cares? That's nothing special, right? So, and I, I kind of feel like the same way about 35, but since Nintendo went so all out for Mario on their 35th, I think that they raised that expectation and that's where we as Zelda fans are disappointed. Yeah. But I wonder if they didn't really just do that, uh, Mario 35th, if they really didn't lean into that um, as much because of COVID and because they, they didn't really know what else that they had for the year. So they had to pepper out some extra Mario stuff. I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm sure they always planned to make a big deal of Mario and I'm sure that they always plan to like do the 3D All Stars and, and some of the Lego stuff that they did and the the all the other stuff. I'm sure that they did plan that, but I don't know. It I, it makes me wonder if like that just like it, you know if COVID really kind of pushed some other stuff back that we might have otherwise seen. And so Nintendo was like, well, we don't have a lot anymore. So like, let's really focus on this 35th anniversary Mario stuff. I I think that could be what happened because really all we've seen for Zelda is a Zelda-themed Game & Watch, and that kind of seems appropriate to me for, like, a 35th anniversary, like, because that's an anniversary where it's like, eh, you know, uh, what, whatever, like, maybe my insurance will go down on my car or something, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, a big <laughs> deal, but I, I think Nintendo kind of raised our expectations with Mario, so I, I guess, um, I guess I'd have to say that Nintendo is, has handled Zelda's 35th anniversary uh, not very well in that regard, but I, I think in, like, you know, all that context outside, I think releasing a Game & Watch to celebrate a series 35th anniversary is, is probably, like, fine. You know, like, that's probably fine. But I guess we, we have that expectation yeah. now, so um, that's their own fault for, you know, all of us feeling disappointed. Yeah. We saw the Mario fandom getting spoiled for 35th, so that's what we wanted to. And, like I said, uh... It's, it is it is an expectation that we had, and then we didn't get it, so it is kind of disappointing, but I, I feel like they're saving it. I feel like they have other things in mind. For well, and, and I mean, too, like, you know, Mario got spoiled, yes, but what did Mario really get? Mario got a Lego set. They I think Mario also got a Game & Watch, if I am correct. Mario had, like, a couple new clothing lines announced that were in some stores or whatever, um, and it had, what was last year? New... Mario 3D World or something or no that was this year Mario 3D World and Mario New Super Mario U or something like that and they had 3D All-Stars so there is a collection of Mario games and so I think people are most bummed about the that Zelda didn't get something similar with like a like an All-Stars but that's never really been you know that's never really been a thing that Zelda's ever like ever done and to be fair we do have the Game & Watch which has three Zelda games on it so or four Zelda games on it actually so, I mean, there is that, and we got Age of Calamity DLC, and we finally got a trailer for Breath of the Wild, and we got Skyward Sword HD, and we got a new Skyward Sword HD Amiibo. So, it's not like we got nothing, we just didn't get ports of old games. Right. You know? We just didn't get anything that had the, aside from the game and watch, the, the like, Zelda 35th anniversary sure. title hooked onto it. That's I think that's why uh, people are kind of upset. And I mean, to be fair, we do get a lot of Zelda content every year, so it kind of just feels like any other year at this point. And that's okay, because if there was it, I mean, last year we didn't really get anything Zelda too much, except for you know Age of Calamity at the end. So 
to me, this feels like a pretty successful year so far, and that's why I, like I said earlier, we're not getting a lot of Breath of Wild 2 news just because they're focusing on all this other content we're getting. So it's not like, like you said, it's not like we didn't get right. anything. It just kind of feels like any normal year, really. Yep. Yeah. So it, this is this is a really interesting and, and complicated question because I, I think in a bubble they've handled it fine, but you know, with the expectations that they raised, they probably haven't handled it mm-hmm. as well as they could have. But I think circumstances caused them to raise those expectations. So this is an interesting question. I would love to hear um, other people's opinions on this. Actually, over on uh, over on Discord or over on Twitter, uh, let us know what you think of this. Uh, let's go back to Skyward Sword here because I want to. I, I want to answer this question because I, I think that this is going to be really fun. Sean asks, what is your best piece of original music from Skyward Sword? Woo! Where to begin, man? Where to begin? Um, okay, so obviously Ballad of the Goddess, right? Like, that's, that's like the yeah. iconic... That's one of the most iconic Zelda themes. In fact, if you were asking me what's the most iconic theme in Zelda, I'd say, like, the main theme. Then I'd say Ballad of the Goddess. That's how good that theme is. Yep, I hear you on that one for sure. That's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite songs. I think um, it, it's, it's something about any theme for a Zelda game that includes the original theme somewhere in it, like Breath of the Wild does. It it just makes it so good, and I feel like there's some pieces of the original theme in Ballad of the Goddess, so it just makes it even better because not only is it original, but it pays homage to what you know. Mm. You know what I mean? So I, that's what makes Ballad of the Goddess like so good. And it's epic and it's swooping and it's adventurous. Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the best piece from Skyward yeah. Sword alone. But it's that soundtrack is so solid. There's so many good yeah. uh, like themes and songs in the Skyward Sword soundtrack. It's probably one of the best in the series. Yeah, you know, I, I was going to say, actually, maybe we should try and do a, some deeper cuts. Because I, I think that everyone knows... Ballad of the Goddess. I think everyone loves Fee's Farewell or, or Gratitude. Um, I think that I think most people really love the the rendition of Zelda's lullaby with like the harp in that game. So let's let's try and mm-hmm. let's try and do some deeper cuts here, Al. I'm gonna raise you. I okay. absolutely love 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 the Farron Woods theme. I, I it's so like whimsical and like happy and I, it's so charming. I just absolutely love the Farron Woods theme. Um, I know that uh, um, you're, I, both of us are big fans of Romance in the Sky, but I actually also really love Crimson Loftwing, which is another song that plays while Link is on his Loftwing and it, he's flying in the sky. It's really, it's really pretty. It's really serene um, and just a really nice track. Um, those are two that kind of stick out to me right away. Um, any, anyone's jumping out at you that are, you know, a little bit uh, lesser known. Um, I really like the Tad Tone song, um, especially because they, like, once you finish the Tad Tones, they pop it up on the screen and they play it with all the Tad Tones that you caught. So I thought I always thought that was super cool. And then not only is it super cool, but mm-hmm. it's a cool jam. So I really like that one. Um, I also I like the Skyloft theme, but I also really like the Magma theme uh, when you're in the Elder. Uh, Elden region and whenever you're talking right. to a magma it, it always makes me like when they're talking and when the theme is going it always makes me think like I'm in 1920s New York mobsters or something 
and you've got like the snapping and stuff (laughs) (laughs) and that always gets me going i'm humming along with it every single time so that's always a really fun one as well um gruce's theme also is is a banger that's a great theme (laughs) gruce's theme has some interesting uh like parts in it that just kind of they like make it comical but i feel like it gets yeah exactly but then it kind of gets uh a little bit like steadfast towards the end when he's changing you know yeah. what i mean so it doesn't sound so ridiculous as in the beginning yeah um it, there there's so much i i think that you could argue that skyward sword has the best soundtrack of the series actually like i i would put skyward sword actually our, our buddy cory richmond over at the player power podcast just did a episode ranking all of the soundtracks of the Legend of Zelda series, which is an idea that we could very well steal uh, in the next couple of weeks here, Al. <laughs> I, I could see us just uh, thieving that idea. So he, I'm not sure where he ranked uh, Skyward Sword, but I, I did like a quick little tier list myself. And I put in the like in the top S tier category, I had Skyward Sword and Ocarina of Time. And like those two were, were the tops, you know? Yeah. Fair enough. I I think I'd put Wind Waker up by Skyward Sword because Wind Waker also has a very solid. My my gauging of soundtracks is if I like almost every song on the soundtrack, then it's right. solid to me. If there are some some songs that I'm like meh about, then it kind of falls lower on my list. But um, those two, Skyward Sword and Wind Waker, would be on my top tier list there. All right. Well, let's uh let's save that for another day because I think we might just. Uh go to the crime store and steal that idea for an episode when, <laughs> when there's nothing going on. So thanks Corey. Um, let's, uh, let's get back to breath of the wild two here. This is a fantastic question. And one that I hope is true. John asks, should breath of the wild Two allow customizable hairstyling for link? Yes. 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 It absolutely should, man. You can customize his clothes like a million different ways. You can put on all these different masks. Why not? give our man somewhere where he can go get his hair done. Obviously, we've seen him with the ponytail in Breath of the Wild and in some of the trailers for Breath of the Wild 2. He's got the flow, um, you know, when when he's running around and whatnot in the trailer for Breath of the Wild 2. Let's give him, like, let's give him a fade hairstyle, you know? Like, shave the sides long on top. (laughs) Let's give him, like, a mullet. Let's give him a buzz cut if he wants. Let's give him... You know, let, let's give him whatever. I, I'm totally down for that idea. And let's let's color his hair. Let's dye his hair. If you could dye your clothes, you could dye your hair. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, I would really like to have customizable hair because we there was a point where we thought it, we would be able to in Breath of the Wild because I think in one of the trailers you see Link in the bow gear and so his pony has got like this high top ponytail going on in that outfit. So there was a time when we were like, oh, maybe we will get to customize his hair. So there was excitement for it four and a half years ago. So I'm sure there'll be excitement for it now. And personally, like, I know everybody is digging on Link's hair being out and blowing in the wind, but I think it looks moppy. So don't let your hair get moppy, guys. Come on, go style it or something. You know? (laughs) Yeah, so I'd like to be able to style it somehow or have different options. And dyeing would be pretty cool. I can't believe that you don't like... Link's flowing hair in that trailer. Wow. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said it was well, moppy. But you said it like moppy <laughs> was bad. You said don't let your hair be moppy. What are we supposed to think? <laughs> I'm just saying take care of your hair. That's all I'm saying. It just looks 
It looks a little raggedy. I, I think Link's drip with his hair and like his raggedy clothes is, is like off the chain. He, he looks cool, but he could look even cooler. Like imagine if you could give Link like dreads or something like that. That'd be, that'd be badass. Yeah, that'd be cool. So yeah, I hope it happens. I hope it happens. Um, all right. Me too. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, will the main villain in Breath of the Wild sequel be fully voice acted? This is from Sean. I, yeah, I think so. I think so. I I, I think that it I will probably so. be uh, a situation similar to Breath of the Wild, where like for the most part people talk in text, but then for like important cutscenes or whatever, you have voice acting. Um, I so I think that that is the case. I I'm pretty sure that that will be. God, I just I hope that they let you turn off the subtitles. I hated that about Breath of the Wild. What? Okay, well, I'm deaf and I can't hear all the time, or at least I can't un- always understand words, so it helps me to read. But, like, give give the option, right? <laughs> like, like yeah. I guess that's fair. Have the option. Um, I prefer subtitles. But, yeah, I, I totally think that the villain will be fully voiced, just like all the other characters um, and in, in the stipulations that you uh, just said. I am excited to see who they would get for... Uh, the villain's voice so because if it's ganondorf like it, it better be it better be a good voice i'd be a, if it doesn't uh if it doesn't hold up to what i'm expecting i i think i'd be pretty disappointed actually yeah yeah that's fair <laughs> so yeah I, I think that this is a pretty much a slam dunk that whoever the villain is if it's ganondorf or someone else is, is going to be talking god if they can shell out money for for aster they can shell yeah, out aster. money for whoever is in <laughs> breath of the wild too Oh yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, true story. All right, Joseph it. is a, is here with a cool question. Do you think the Gerudo would side with a reborn Ganondorf in Breath of the Wild two? No, I don't think that they would. No. You know, um, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask didn't really do a fantastic job of of painting the Gerudo as like they, they were kind of painted in an antagonistic way. In, in those games, even though you had Noboru who was fighting against Ganondorf, that that was kind of a, a late game addition. Um, and, and I'm glad that Breath of the Wild really moved away from that and showed like now Gerudo or like they they are completely disgusted that Ganon is, you know, one of them. And they that's that's kind of like their shame. So, no, I, I don't think that that will happen. I don't think it would happen. Um, I actually wish that like. I do wish that they would explore that theme that I just talked about a little bit deeper, though, where, like, uh, and, and I believe that they do mention that in Breath of the Wild, where they say, like, this guy used to be a, uh, or this guy was a Gerudo and, and did some terrible things, and, like, they're all, like, kind of ashamed of that. I, I don't, Now that I think about it, I don't know if that was Breath of the Wild or Cadence of Hyrule, but it was one of those games that, that threw that line in there, and I thought that that was really cool to see, like, the, you know, how the Gerudo kind of um deal with that you know knowing that one of their own is kind of like this big bad evil dude so um yeah i think it was cadence of hyrule now that i think about it actually but uh yeah i I, no, they would not side with ganon no way um yeah i was actually specifically thinking of urbosa in her cutscene when she's sitting on top of naboris and she's like got her eyes set on the castle um she very specifically said that uh like that she heard ganondorf or ganon came from the gerudo in the past and she like hated it hated yeah, okay, that that, that must be what i'm thinking it of i'm made sorry her mad yeah well i mean i'm i think they did say a couple things in cadence too but like 
that I think that's um, a purposeful thing that Nintendo is doing now because if the if the Gerudo of this time, you know, don't care for Gandorf being in their past, you know, I can't imagine they'd be too pleased if he was like reborn in in that in their present. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So no, they wouldn't side with Ganondorf. They'd well, and that. I mean, like Ganondorf <laughs> really wouldn't have any agency over these Gerudo, other than, you know, other than he happens to be of a similar race. But you know, I believe Ocarina of Time told us that there was only one male born every one hundred years, and like he was supposed to be the king or something like yeah. that. And like none of that context yeah. exists anywhere, you know, within Breath of the Wild. So I just I don't imagine that being the case at all. And I don't think I could see the Yiga clan siding with Ganondorf. I think that's pretty, you know, uh, mm-hmm. easy dot to connect, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think the Gerudo. I think that they're like, and you know, like, listen, like Breath of the Wild 2, we're assuming takes place immediately after um, Breath of the Wild. The Gerudo played a pretty big hand in defeating Calamity Ganon. Like you had Urbosa, you had Riju, you had all, all of the, you know, all of those people contributed to, you know, regaining uh, Vandaboris and, you know, subsequently, smashing calamity ganon's health in half so yeah i don't think that would happen <laughs> yeah i don't think so either so um it, it would be interesting to see if there was you know if we do we're doing the chi- time travel thing ten thousand years in the past it'd be kind of interesting because he does the corpse does have some gerudo bling on so it'd be kind of interesting to see where he came from if the guru if he was part of the gerudo or born into the gerudo if he tried to take them over and they cast him out you know it would be kind of cool to see if that becomes part of the story mm-hmm. in breath of the wild 2. yeah so good we'll chance see. for um for riju to shine in the sequel or maybe urbosa mm-hmm. or someone mm-hmm. whoever but yeah all right let's do let's do like two more and then we'll get out of here al um this is from our buddy Charles. Will we be exploring an interactive memory in the sequel to Breath of the Wild? Uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's impossible. I think that that could be kind of neat. But then, like, is... I guess you have to nail down, like, what is an interactive memory? If it's, like, you know... it, it, it You could just say that that's, like, time travel, and you could go back and, and play the events of, you know... 10,000 years ago I guess the differentiating factor would be like if you go back in time and like if you're playing a memory I feel like whatever you do doesn't really affect the future and that whatever is happening is going Mm -hmm. to happen whereas if it's time travel you can go back and change the past and that will inform the present future so I think that of those two options I would be I think it's more likely that you go back in time and like change something so that the future is different rather than you just go back and like play out something as it happened. I, I think that memories work better as cutscenes in that regard. Um, but I, I wouldn't say it's impossible. What do you think, Al? Um, I think we had a similar question a couple weeks ago, and it still confuses me, like, interactive memory, because, you know, if you are going back and doing an interactive memory and your choices have meaning, that's just time travel and you're changing the future. Um, but, or your present, or whatever, the new time travel shtick is um but (laughs) interactive memory what i think about when i hear those words is uh this is the example i used a couple weeks ago was when harry goes into tom riddle's diary and he gets to walk through tom's memory of capturing hagrid and um aragog so i feel like i feel like that's a possibility you could like 
have this maybe Link needs to understand what happened 10,000 years ago or something like that and he needs to like drop back into the memory of the, the original hero and kind of see what went down maybe something sinister on the good guys part went down like maybe they made a mistake um, that they shouldn't have and Link needs to see that in order to actually win in the future so I could I mean this possible it's it's a total thing that could happen but I don't think it's like um, anything that you could play i guess like it's you know pretty much just a cutscene at that point if you can't interact in... and do anything yeah yeah but maybe you could it's like interactive in a way where you can walk around and like listen to people you know what i mean like oh there's a couple of people over there let me go over and listen to them in this memory i, I feel like that i feel but like that wouldn't happen know, in that's... a zelda game because like listening implies like voice acting and voice acting basically only takes place in cutscenes. yeah it seems it seems pretty out there um, for a Zelda game. Like it seems very right. involved, and Zelda's not very involved with the cutscenes. They just show you the cutscenes. Um, all right, one uh, one last one here, and then we'll we'll take it home. Uh, this is from Brandon. He asks, "Which quality of life improvement in Skyward Sword HD are you most excited about?" Hmm. I Ooh. think you'll probably have more answers than I will because you you speed run the game and I, I could probably guess that skippable cutscenes is one of your big ones. But I think for me, it's just like picking up an item and like not every single time being told what it is and what it does. Even if it's like, you know, the 50th time that you've picked it up, like, like I know what this beetle does or I know what this doohickey does. You don't need to tell me. Um, and, and obviously they got rid of that in the, in the HD port. So I think that that is the, the big one for me that uh, that that really is going to speed up this game and, and kind of help the pacing a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I think other than that, maybe I, skippable cutscenes aren't really a big deal to me. I feel like the controls isn't really a quality of life improvement. That's like a substantial change to the game. So it feels unfair to call it that. Mm. Um, I don't know what else. What else did they say in that trailer? That that's the one that's sticking out to me. But maybe maybe you have something that I missed. Um, yeah, I would say for the speedrunning aspect, definitely skippable cutscenes in regular mode because we have to speedrun in hero mode in order to skip the cutscenes. And if you're like me, you die a lot, so that just makes it all the more difficult. So there's that. There's also the fast text option, so if you're talking to somebody for the millionth time, you just can speed through their text a lot faster, which is cool. Um, I think I saw something this morning about, uh having more of the tutorial stuff at the beginning be similar to Phi, where it's optional. And they didn't show it, but I'm kind of hoping that uh, there's a Sheikah, like, uh, uh, like gossip-looking stone that pops up at the beginning of the game, and it's, like, mandatory that you have to go over and talk to it. It is so stupid because you never talk to this thing ever again. Mm. And I'm hoping that if they're saying that some of the tutorial stuff is now optional – that stuff like that isn't going to be in the game. Um, it's great for people who've never played the game before, but you know, for people who have and are experiencing this again in HD, you don't want to go through all that stuff again. It's really obnoxious. Speaking of long intros, Skyward Sword does have a long intro, so I'm kind of hope. I think that's probably one of the things I'm looking forward to is getting rid of a lot or making a lot of the tutorial stuff or um, the Fi stuff optional. Right. Um, it also has an autosave too, which is kind of neat, but uh, that's not really like a, that's not a big thing for me. I don't feel like I think saving was fine. 
I am still a little bit disappointed. It's apparent at this point that we do not have fast travel between bird statues. And I just, I feel like that was such like a, an obvious one and they did not, uh, they did not do that. So that, that one still stings a little bit for me, but that would have been by far the most substantial quality of life improvement. You know, I guess like the ability to, to go to the sky in theory is really good, but then like, you know, you got to, you gotta haul your Zelda amiibo around with you and use that. So, yeah, it, that's a little bit uh, that's a little bit disappointing. Eh, I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over I'm over that uh that whole behind a money wall thing. I I mean I'm getting it and I'm gonna be okay with it. And I understand that not everybody has twenty five dollars to slap on that Zelda amiibo, but or that you know scalpers are taking it, but. Um, I've kind of been listening to other people talk about it and they're just like, well, what's the point of fast travel between the bird statues if you're just going to miss the sky altogether? And I kind of get it. Like the main function of the game is to travel through one of the main functions, I should say, is travel through the sky. So like I get it. I understand. Did I want the travel between bird statues? Yes, because it would have been nice for speed running. But to play it casually, I think it's fine. Well, uh, we hope that you guys thought that this episode was fine as well. Uh, we are going to get out of here, but uh, we're going to be back next week with some brand new Zelda content. Um, man, the road to Skyward Sword HD is is almost over. Uh, it releases next Friday, so I am super excited. We're going to have a ton of content on that game and, uh, and some other stuff in store for you guys in the future. So... Really looking forward to that in the next couple weeks here on the show. And, of course, the Zelda Dungeon Marathon, which is 12 days away. Uh, that is going to be awesome. So make sure that you are tuning into Zelda Dungeon's Twitch account to uh, to get in on all the festivities. But we are going to get out of here. Uh, of course, we want you to check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Allison is at Allison Alifa. And we are over on Twitch, Facebook, uh, at the Champions Cast. So go and uh, give us a follow and give us a like. And uh, you never know when we will be popping up online to play some games or do some fan Q&A. So make sure that you are checking us out. Um, head on over to Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. You know the drill wherever you get your podcast, Like, subscribe, recommend us to that Zelda fan in your life. And uh, until next week, everybody, take care. <laughs>